Book four, chapter one of a family of noblemen by Mikhail Saltikov Shedrin, translated by Avram Yarmolinsky, eighteen ninety to nineteen seventy five. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Book four, the good little niece, chapter one. Yudushka did not give the money to Petenka though kind father that he was he gave orders just before the moment of departure for some chicken veal and pie to be placed in the carriage then he went out on the porch in the chilling wind to see his son off and inquired whether petenka was seated comfortably and whether he had wrapped his feet up well re-entering the house he stood at the window in the dining-room a long time making the sign of the cross and sending his blessings after the vehicle that was carrying petenka away in a word he performed the farewell ceremony fittingly as becomes good kinsfolk oh petka petka he said you are a bad bad son look at the mischief you have done my 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 and what could have been better than to live on quietly and peacefully nicely and easily with father and old granny but no crash bang i am my own master i've got a head on my shoulders too well there's your head my what trouble not a muscle quivered in his wooden face not a note in his voice sounded like an appeal to a prodigal son but then there was nobody to hear his words for arina petrovna was the only one beside himself in the room and as a result of the shock she had just gone through she seemed to have lost all vitality and sat near the samovar her mouth open looking straight ahead without hearing anything without a single thought in her mind then life flowed on as usual full of idle bustle and babbling contrary to petenka's expectations porfiry vladimirych took the maternal curse quite coolly and did not recede a hair's breadth from the decision that had come from his head full formed as it were it is true he turned slightly pale and rushed toward his mother with a cry mother dear darling lord be with you be calm dear god is merciful all will be well but his words were expressive of alarm for her rather than for himself her act had been so unexpected that yudushka even forgot to pretend to be frightened only last night his mother had been affectionate had jested and played fool with yevpraxia evidently then it had all happened in a moment of sudden anger and there was nothing premeditated nothing real about it all indeed he had been very much afraid of his mother's curse but he had pictured it quite differently in his idle mind he had built an elaborate staging for the occasion icons burning candles his mother standing in the centre of the room terrible with a darkened face as she hurled the curse then thunder candles going out the veil tearing asunder darkness covering the earth and above amidst the clouds the wrathful countenance of jehovah illumined by a flash of lightning but nothing of the sort had happened so his mother had simply done something rash and silly and she had had no reason to curse him in earnest because of late there had been no cause for quarrelling many changes had occurred since yudushka expressed his doubt as to whether a certain coach belonged to his mother dear yudushka admitted to himself that then he had been wrong and deserved damnation arina petrovna had become more submissive and porfiry vladimirych had but one thought in his head 
how to placate his mother dear the old woman is doing poorly my how poorly at times she even raves he consoles himself the darling sits down to play fool and before you know it she dozes off in justice to yudushka it must be admitted that his mother's decrepitude gave him some alarm even he was not quite ready for her death had not made any plans had had no time to make estimates how much capital mother had when she left dubrovino what that capital might bring in annually how much of the interest she had spent and how much she had added to the principal in a word he had not gone through an infinity of useless trifles without which he always felt as if he were caught unawares the old woman is hale and hearty he would muse at times still she won't spend it all impossible when she shared us out she had a neat sum maybe she transferred some to the orphans oh the old woman is rich yes she is but these musings were not so very serious and vanished without leaving an impress on his mind the mass of daily trivialities was already great and there was as yet no urgent need to augment them by the addition of new trivialities porfiry vladimirych kept putting the matter off and did not realize it was time to begin until after the damnation scene the catastrophe came sooner than he expected on the second day after petenka's departure arina petrovna left for pogorelka and never again visited golovliovo she spent a month in total solitude keeping to her room and scarcely exchanging a word with her servants from force of habit she rose early in the morning sat down at her desk and began to play patience but hardly ever brought the game to an end and sat in frozen rigidity with her glazed eyes fixed on the window what she thought about or whether she thought at all even the keenest judge of the deep-lying mysteries of the human soul could not have divined she seemed to be trying to recollect something perhaps how she came to be within those walls and could not alarmed by her mistress's silence afimyushka would appear in the room arrange the pillows lining her easy-chair and try to open a conversation on this or that but received only impatient monosyllabic replies once or twice porfiry vladimirych came to pogorelka invited mother dear to golovliovo tried to kindle her imagination with the prospect of mushrooms german carp and the other allurements of golovliovo but his overtures evoked nothing but an enigmatic smile one morning she tried to leave her bed as usual but could not though she felt no particular pain and complained of nothing she took it apparently as a matter of course without any sign of alarm the very day before she had been sitting at the table and even walked though with difficulty and now she was in bed feeling indisposed it was even more comfortable but afimyushka became thoroughly frightened and without the mistress's knowledge sent a messenger to porfiry vladimirych yudushka came early the next morning arina petrovna was considerably worse he put the servants through a cross-examination as to what mother had eaten and whether she had not overeaten but arina petrovna had eaten almost nothing for a whole month and had refused all food the previous day yudushka expressed his grief waved his hands and like a good son warmed himself at the oven in the maid's room so that he would not bring the cold into the patient's room at the same time he began to give orders and make arrangements he had an extraordinary keenness for scenting death he made inquiries as to whether the priest was home 
and arranged that in case of emergency he should be sent for at once he informed himself where mother's chest with her papers was whether it was locked and having satisfied himself concerning the state of things he called in the cook and ordered dinner for himself i need but little he said have you got a chicken well prepare some chicken soup if you have some cured beef get a bit of cured beef ready then something fried and i'll have enough arina petrovna lay prostrate on her back with her mouth open breathing heavily her eyes were staring wide one hand projected from under the quilt of hare's fur and hung stiff she was evidently alive to the commotion incident upon her son's arrival and perhaps his orders even reached her ears the lowered window shades put the room in twilight the wicks were flickering their last at the bottom of the icon lamps and sputtered audibly at contact with the water the air was close and fetid unbearably suffocating from the overheated stoves the sickening smell of the icon lamps and the breath of illness porfiry vladimirych in his felt boots glided to his mother's bed like a snake his tall lean figure wrapped in twilight swayed uncannily arina petrovna with a look half of surprise and half of fright followed his movements and huddled under her quilt it is i mother dear he said what's the matter with you you are all out of gear to-day my 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 no wonder i could not sleep all night something seemed to urge me on let's go and see i thought how our pogorelka friends are getting along i got up in the morning hitched a couple of horses to the pony-cart and here i am porfiry vladimirych tittered affably but arina petrovna did not answer and drew herself together in a closer coil under her quilt well god is merciful mother dear continued yudushka the main thing is to stand up for yourself don't put any stock in the ailment get up and take a walk through the room like a sound hale person you see just like this porfiry vladimirych rose from his seat and demonstrated how sound hale persons walk oh just a moment i'll raise the window-shade and take a good look at you oh but you are first-rate my darling just pluck up some courage say your prayers doll up get into your sunday best and you'll be ready for a dance there i have brought you some jolly good holy water just taste some porfiry vladimirych took a flask out of his pocket found a wine-glass on the table filled it and gave it to the patient arina petrovna made an effort to lift her head but in vain i wish the orphans were here she moaned well much need you have of the orphans here oh mother mother how is it all of a sudden you really just a little bad turn and at once you are ready to give up the ship we'll attend to it all we'll send a special messenger to the orphans and we'll do everything else in due time now what's the hurry really we are going to live yet yes indeed we are and we'll have a fine time of it too wait till summer is here we'll both of us go to the woods to pick mushrooms and raspberries and nice juicy black currants or else we'll go to dubrovino to catch german carps we'll bring out the horse and carriage get into it and one two three there we go nicely and easily i wish the orphans were here repeated arina petrovna in anguish we'll bring the orphans too give us time we'll call them together all of them we'll all be here and sit by you you will be the brood hen and we'll be your chicks we'll have it all if you behave now you are a naughty girl because you went and took sick that's the kind of mischief you're up to my my 
Instead of being good and serving as an example for others, look what you're doing. That's bad, my dear, very bad. But no matter how hard Porfiry Vladimirych tried to cheer up his mother, dear, with banter, her strength waned from hour to hour. A messenger was dispatched to town to fetch a doctor, and since the patient persisted in moaning and calling the orphans, Yudushka in his own hand wrote a letter to Aninka and Lubinka in which he compared his and their conduct, called himself a Christian and them ungrateful. At night the doctor arrived, but it was too late. Arina Petrovna's fate was sealed. At about four o'clock in the morning, the death agony set in, and at six Porfiry Vladimirych was kneeling at his mother's bed, wailing, Mother dear, my friend, give me your blessing. But Arina Petrovna did not hear him. Her wide-open eyes stared dimly into space, as if she were trying to understand something and could not. Yudushka, too, did not understand. He did not understand that the yawning grave was to carry off the last creature that linked him to the living world. With his usual bustle, he delved into the mass of trifles and details that were incident upon the ceremonial of burial. He had requiems chanted, ordered memorial masses for the future, discussed matters with the priest, hurried from room to room with his shambling gait. Every now and then he peeped into the dining room where the deceased lay, crossed himself, lifted his hands heavenward, and late at night stole quietly to the door to listen to the sexton's monotonous reading of the psalms. He was pleasantly surprised that his expenses upon the occasions would be very slight for Arina Petrovna long before her death had put away a sum of money for her burial and itemized in detail the various expenditures. Having buried his mother, Porfiry Vladimirych at once began to familiarize himself with her effects. Examining the papers, he found about a dozen various wills. In one of them she called him undutiful, but all of them had been written when Arina Petrovna was still the domineering despotic mistress, and were incomplete in the form of tentative drafts so yudushka was quite pleased that he had no need to play foul in order to declare himself the sole legitimate heir to his mother's property the latter consisted of a capital of fifteen thousand roubles and of a scanty movable estate which included the famous coach that had nearly become the cause of dissension between mother and son arina petrovna kept her own accounts quite separate and distinct from those of her wards so that one could see at a glance what belonged to her and what to the orphans yudushka lost no time in declaring himself heir at the proper legal places he sealed the papers bearing on the guardianship gave the servants his mother's scanty wardrobe and sent the coach and two cows to golovliovo which were placed in the inventory under the heading mine then he had the last requiem performed and went his way wait for the owners he told the people gathered in the hallway to see him off if they come they'll be welcome if they don't just as they please for my part i did all i could i straightened out the guardianship accounts and hid nothing everything was done in plain view in front of everybody the money that mother left belongs to me legally the coach and the two cows that i sent to golovliovo are mine by law maybe some of my property is left here however i won't insist on it god himself commands us to give to orphans i am sorry to have lost mother she was a good old woman a kindly soul 
Oh, mother dear, it was not right of you, darling, to have left us poor orphans. But if it had pleased God to take you, it befits us to submit to his holy will. May at least your soul rejoice in heaven, and as for us, well, we are not to be considered. The first death was soon followed by another. Yudushka's attitude toward his son's fate was quite puzzling. Since he did not receive newspapers and was not in correspondence with anybody, he could not learn anything of the trial in which Petenka figured, and he hardly wished to. Above all things, he shunned disturbance of every kind. He was buried up to his ears in a swamp of petty details, all centering around the welfare and preservation of his precious self. There are many such people in this world. They live apart from the rest of humanity, having neither the desire nor the knowledge to identify themselves with a cause, and bursting in the end like so many soap bubbles. They have no ties of friendship, for friendship presupposes the existence of common interests. Nor do they have any business connections. For thirty years at a stretch, Porfiry Vladimirych had marked time in a government office. Then, one fine day, he disappeared, and no one noticed the fact. He learned of his son's fate after his domestics had, but even then he feigned ignorance, so that when Yevpraxia once tried to mention Petenka, he waved her off and said, No, 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 I don't know, I did not hear anything, and I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to know a thing about his dirty affairs. But finally he did learn about Petenka. He received a letter from him saying he was about to leave for one of the remote provinces and asking his father to continue to send him an allowance in his new position. The whole of the next day Porfiry Vladimirych was in a state of visible perplexity. He darted from room to room, peeped into the oratory, crossed himself and sighed. But toward evening he plucked up courage and wrote the following letter. My criminal son, Pyotr, as a faithful and law-abiding subject, I should not even answer your letter. But as a father given to human weaknesses, I cannot from a sense of compassion refuse good advice to a child who through his own fault plunged himself into a whirlpool of evil. Here, in short, is my opinion on the subject. The punishment that has been meted out to you is severe, but you quite deserve it. That is the first and most important consideration that should always accompany you in your new life from now on. All your other vagaries and even the memory thereof you must forget. For in your present situation all this will only tend to irritate you and urge you on to impious complaint. You have already tasted of the bitter fruits of haughtiness of spirit. Try now to taste of the fruits of humility all the more so since there is nothing else left for you in the future. Do not complain of the punishment, for the authorities do not even punish you, but only provide means for your correction. To be grateful for this, and to endeavor to make amends for what you did, that is what you must incessantly bear in mind, and not the luxurious frittering away of time, which I myself, by the way, never did, although I was never under indictment. So follow this prudent advice of mine and turn over a new leaf, satisfied with what the authorities in their kindness will deem it necessary to allot to you. I, for my part, will pray the giver of all things good to grant you firmness and humility. Even on the very day on which I write these lines, I have been to church and offered up fervent prayers for you. 
and now i bless you for the new journey and remain your indignant but still loving father porfiry golovliov it is uncertain whether the letter ever reached petenka but no more than a month after it was sent porfiry vladimirych was officially notified that his son while on his way to the place of exile had fallen ill and died in a hospital yudushka remained alone but at first did not realize that this new loss had made his life an absolute void the realization came soon after the death of arina petrovna when he was all absorbed in reckoning and figuring he read every paper of the deceased took into account every kopeck traced the relation of this kopeck to the kopecks of the guardianship not wishing as he put it either to acquire another's or to lose his own amidst this bustle the question never once arose in his mind to what end was he doing all this and who was to enjoy the fruits of his busy hoarding from morning to night he bent over his desk musing and criticizing the arrangements of the deceased engrossed in these cares he began little by little to neglect the bookkeeping of his own estate the manor fell into profound silence the domestics who had always preferred the servants quarters abandoned the house almost entirely and when in the master's rooms would walk on tiptoe and speak in a whisper there was an air of desertion and death about the place and about the man something eerie the gloom enveloping yudushka was to grow denser every day End of Book 4, Chapter 1 Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine